0: we are going to be connecting with a good friend of the program. Ian Tostenson is the president and CEO of the BC Restaurant and Food Services Association, a champion for restaurants across this province, one who has navigated uh, very turbulent waters over the last number of years since obviously COVID-19 very much impacted the restaurant industry uh, across the world, never mind just here in British Columbia. But uh, seriously, one of the champions. I want to welcome Ian Tostenson to the show right away here. Ian, thanks for doing
1: this Hey, Jody. It's a pleasure, and I want to thank you publicly. For um, your listeners don't know this, but you did an extraordinary and thankful job for the uh, industry's uh, Hall of Fame awards a couple of weeks ago. And we you just did a great job, and we thank you so much. You were great.
0: Thank well, thank you for that. I, I love the 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 industry and and appreciate the hard working people front of house yep. back of house during these really stressful times and just before the break we were talking about how people are sort of tightening their belts well not sort of definitely are tightening their belts this holiday season because of the uh, affordability issues and crisis, in fact, uh, inflation on the rise, food costs, a lot of people really, really frustrated and feeling the pinch, whether it's on their you know, mortgage uh, increases with Bank of Canada rates uh, going up uh, or or just rent being paid. These are all things that hit restaurants as well, not just the obvious in the cost of food. We talked about the very, very expensive russet potato or the incredibly Uh, oppressively expensive head of lettuce that was trending on social media uh, just a couple of days ago, these supply chain issues, like that head of lettuce, as restaurateurs would know, as chefs would know, the Salinas Valley was hit by a virus that wiped out half of the iceberg lettuce crops last year. That's why lettuce is so expensive. And then you add on to the fact that gas is more expensive. You add on the supply chain uh, struggles and issues that have happened how is it that restaurants are able to or are they able to navigate these headed into December of 2023?
1: You know, we're sort of not doing that right now. Um, restaurants Canada came up with a survey a couple of weeks ago. Fifty percent of the restaurants in the province are either losing money or breaking even, and which is a tra- tragedy. There's about 14,000 restaurants plus in B.C., and so you've got a lot of owners just hanging on and if you think about it it's it's like they have no other choice they've signed a lease they maybe have five years ten years left in the lease and they walk away it's going to cost them bundles so they're we're hoping for for calmer days ahead uh, we are seeing inflation obviously coming down um but with the problem is you can't you know the, the lettuce you have lettuce on your menu and suddenly lettuce goes through the roof it's difficult to you know all of a sudden reprint your menus and Try to charge 15 bucks for a salad. You sort of eat that cost for a while, hoping the cost will come down. The, the the chains have an advantage in purchasing for sure. That but the the ones that are really hurting right now are the independents, and I feel sorry for them. I mean they're they're working six seven days a week, and this is not a oh you know poor us. This is a time for us that we are going to become even more determined uh, post pandemic. And, and pull ourselves out of this. And it's going to take a, a bit of an, an effort, though, and a coordination with government that we're trying to put together right now. Because in, in a large part of this, Jody, is, is government red tape bureaucracy that's holding us down um, from doing things and causing us a lot of time and effort to deal with their, their issues versus managing our businesses on a day-to-day basis.
0: Like what? Walk us through what's well, happening in the government red tape department. Yeah,
1: well, you know, like you know, we, we talk about you know, the, you know, getting rid of natural gas. Are so we, you know, punitive liquor policies and and um, and fines, and reporting, and we've got new regulations coming from Worksafe uh, with respect to you know, having to put together, you know, employee groups and, you know, all the HR stuff that's associated with that. And then you've got all your licensing that you're doing with, you know, fire and health and then your liquor licensing and you're serving it right. We just did a uh, 78 points that we've identified so far that a business owner in a restaurant has to, has to be aware of every single day when they open the door versus all the other stuff that's coming down the pipeline, including, you know, packaging changes in December and, and so on and so forth. So we're putting together, this is kind of you know, a little off topic, but we're putting together an entire composite, and I think you'll find this fascinating, of all the issues that, are, that we're faced with on one page in the form of a menu so that the politicians can see the burden that these small businesses have on them. And the challenge will be is how do we work together like we did during the pandemic to get this, this sector healthy again? And, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna work. The problem is that if there's not a, a, not a total awareness of our issues. There's one-off awareness, like yeah, we get got food problems over here and costs are, you know over here. but what is, the, what is the big global issue we're trying to deal with here in this very important issue? I think we'll get somewhere with it. I'm kind of excited about it. that's what we're working on right now, and um, I think the government's quite receptive because they work in silos in isolation, and they work differently, the provincial government versus the municipal government. everybody's got a different thing going on. So I think this is going to really help our industry a lot. I'm looking forward to it.
0: You're always so positive in that way. And I mean, you, you come at things in what are the solutions as opposed to really lingering on the problems, even just with your answer there? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, I think if we put it together in a way that everybody can understand it because the people in government don't understand the day-to-day struggle of a restaurateur. As you said, 14,000 restaurants in BC and 50%, five oh percent are either losing money or just breaking even. Before the pandemic, the margins were what? 5%? What can yeah. we do to support... What can we do to support our restaurateurs? What can we do to help the mom and pop shops? To to help the you know, the the heritage brands that are so yeah. intrinsically Canadian or British Columbian? Like we really have to think in that supporting local, uh, you know, shopping here, keeping people going through these tough times as you said like some people are getting a renewal on their lease because property taxes are going up or what whatever and the person that owns the property is passing that on to you know whatever Nat's Pizza that's one that I saw roll by on social media Nat at Nat's Pizza been there forever Ryan Reynolds buys pizza um, you know for an entire high school during the pandemic at Nat's Pizza so cool such a feel-good story Nat's seeing his his lease go up by like Double digits, like twenty yeah. percent or more, right? That's that you can't sustain that.
1: No, and no one's going to buy, you know, a fifty-dollar pizza. That's what the, that's where it all ends up. So they right. bail, See? and and a lot of yeah. Yeah, families uh, are losing a lot of savings and stuff because of it. The but the good thing is, is that. You know, and you're positive too, Jody, is that, you know, we are seeing investment into the sector, but it's a different kind of investment. We're seeing innovation, but we have a public that, because of the pandemic, still want to go out and socialize. They still see the entertainment value and the experimental value of restaurants and how important they are. So when we talk about how to support restaurants, I'm going to why should we support restaurants? Like, What's so special? Because they're part of our culture. They're a place oh, yeah. for us to go meet in our neighborhoods. So we want than not to go away so you know whether you can go there what we're seeing is that people are still going out but they're spending a little bit differently so if you and i went out we might have an appetizer and a share a glass of wine versus having a full-on meal and that's all right for us as long as we're getting people in we can do our thing and and try to you know provider, hospitality, but it's not like the the consumers are staying home. Your earlier segment, you know, people are very conscious of budget, but in some cases you can go to a restaurant and eat a little less expensively than perhaps you can cook at home.
0: Continuing our chat with president and CEO of the BC restaurant and food services, uh, Ian Tostenson is our guest. And Ian, before the break, we were talking about, the stresses on the restaurant tours, the mom and pop shops in particular in British Columbia, trying to battle back from a couple of significant hits. I'm going to say more than a couple from COVID nineteen and 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 having to deal with people going home and staying home, and then having to pivot to to go, and then turbulent waters of of we're open, we're closed, we're plexiglass, we're patios, we're doing, we're pivoting, we're very malleable. Everything that you've helped navigate. Um, the restaurant and food services industry of British Columbia through, and then inflation, plus supply chain issues, uh, fuel costs, um, you know, food chain, and and just the costs of food. We've we've covered all of those pieces of this puzzle, and but the one thing you were hitting on just as we were going to commercial break was the fact that there was a time where we would pivot to you know, cooking at home and eating at home because that was more cost effective and efficient for those on a budget. We're seeing that shift a little bit now, aren't we?
1: Mm. We are. Uh, If you look across the spectrum, uh, QSR, you know, some of the pricing QSR um, is really exceptional. I mean, you know, and, you know, my point is it's it's sometimes hard to duplicate that at home. That's probably more responsible for me to say duplicate at home with the taste uh, and the, and you don't have any waste to jump towards so and the innovation and, i mean so you know the, so that's where we sort of see that restaurants can really play a role and if you look at um, uh, if you look at some things that are happening people are tending now towards more happy hour where there's some fabulous economics although the industry hates it because not a lot of money, but it brings people in, and so right. you'll go to happy hours and be able to get appetizers and a drink for on a on a budget, um, which is very attractive. Same with QSR. So we're able to hit those points. If we don't, then we're just going to become elite too far away, and then people will go back and in drinking at home. So we're concerned about. Price points, we're concerned about nutrition, but we're equally concerned about you coming into my place and enjoying yourself and socializing, and you can't put a price on that. You know, just get out of your house and go be with a friend for whatever the occasion is. It could be a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or whatever. So, um, you know, the magic of this industry, what attracts me is, is the thousands of people that figure this out every day as to how to create that magic with you you know, with food and the experience. It's just not about eating food. It's about the total experience and the innovation. And that is what's going to drive this this industry out of this kind of hole we're in right now. And, um, and I look forward to that. But it is, you're right, this is the lowest point. This is the lowest point, Jody, I think that we've had even during the pandemic, because the pandemic, we had a purpose and we had a focus. And every day we woke up and said, what can we do today to, to help solve these problems? And- right now that's fractured and it's and it's now our responsibility to bring that focus back in into one single lens i think. i want
0: to put it out i want to put this out there if there's somebody who works in the restaurant industry maybe you own a mom and pop shop and you want to call in and talk about your struggles now is mm. your opportunity 604-280-9898 604-280-9898 or star 9898 is a free call on your cell maybe you're looking for for staff staffing is a big deal front of house back of house restaurants are looking for people who want to do the work so if you've got somebody who's looking for a job you know here's your chance as well 604-280-9898 star 9898 call us now ian and i'll continue our conversation let's talk about um how the workforce has shifted when it comes to our restaurants and how that puts extra added pressure on restaurateurs.
1: Yeah, so you've got um one of the dynamics that happened pandemic is you get people scattered all over the place where we'd be like we all went to our office and worked five days a week and then had <laughs> drinks afterwards and went for dinner. And now it's like some people are at home, some people are half the time in the office, And so you're seeing uh some things like after dinner uh, occasions for uh, after work dinner is are down, but you're seeing occasions where people are driving to the office and having a meeting along the way up. Um, you're seeing more interest in breakfast and you're seeing uh, increased and continued increase and in interest in delivery so that we, you know, we sort of go, you know, I'm staying home tonight. I'm not going out because I can, the restaurant of my choice can deliver a pretty good meal through Uber Eats or whatever the situation is and maybe a nice bottle of wine. And so that has been a new dynamic. So the operator has got to keep their minds on several sort of viewpoints here, you know, delivery, takeout, in-store dining, you know, patios, it it's it's a very different model than it was 6 years ago and it, again it puts more stress on it, but it gives the business owner more avenues to create revenue and and to sort of, you know, try to make that business work a bit better.
0: What can help? Like, is buying gift cards this holiday season for that uh, yeah. favorite spot that you meet up with your friend? And like you said, you go to happy hour, you have a little glass of wine, mm. you, you share an appetizer, maybe that's your, your social time and, and you're, you're in support of. Is, is grabbing um, a gift certificate a good idea?
1: Yeah, we did something in Kelowna during the fires, which was really cool. And I think this is, we um, we asked people to buy gift cards through us, and then we went and bought them from restaurants, and then we donated them uh, back to uh, the fire departments and the mm-hmm. firefighters or the homel- or the people that were that had been displaced from their homes. And so we created a circular economy, and it really helped a lot. And That's so I was in a restaurant the day and somebody said, hey, there was a brand new server. And they said, do you know that if you buy $50, you get a $10 um, uh, bonus because it's our Christmas gift card program? I went, absolutely. i read right in the spot. I sure. said, you're awesome. I bought it yeah. and I gave it to a table of, of a family that I sort of thought, well, I, I just that. said, hey, this is so that really Let's helps. Go. I've is, got a
0: caller for you. I got the a caller for you. Okay, this is yeah, George. Oh. George wants to talk to you, uh, talk to you specifically about something <laughs> okay. uh, to do with delivery Uh-oh. apps. George, George in Nanaimo, welcome. What's your What's your uh, question for you? Yeah, Ian? Hi,
1: Ian, I'm a DoorDash driver. And do yeah. uh, you have a big looming threat coming your way? As we do, we all when it, with the proposed new legislation for the gig workers. Uh, we do not want this. Um, our mm. the president of DoorDash has already said that if this goes through. They'll have no choice but to significantly raise their delivery fees, which will affect our customers and most certainly affect your industry. And he's also said that it will no doubt result in fewer delivery opportunities, which, of course, is going to affect my income. So I think you guys should get on board with us and try to uh, raise the alarm and maybe get the government to reconsider. Yeah, George. You know what? You raised a good point. They've, um, you know, the, the the principle here, Jody. What we're talking about is that um, the governments come out and said, you know, gig workers, and we agree with this. Actually, we need to make sure they're protected. That people like George, if they yeah. get hurt in the job and and like work safe and the employment standards, but they're they're taking a little bit beyond that. And they're what we don't know, and George is pointing this out is there's a potential cost to this um, that could be reflected in the delivery costs. And we're concerned about that. And we we have raised that with the government and and it's like the devils in the details. We won't know the cost of this until the springtime, which we're not very happy about because throwing out programs and not costing it. But yeah.
0: Ian, as always, a wealth of information. We have to remember to take care of our restaurant industry. It is, like you said, it's uh, the heartbeat of our community. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Joe. Talk to you soon.